guys welcome back to thick and thin with me katie Bilotti. and i know throwback to last week when i was like i'm gonna post every thursday for the rest of time and thursdays are our day and whatever and technically speaking it is thursday when i'm recording this it's 10 30 p.m on thursday but most of you guys won't probably be listening until friday or another day but i you know i'm gonna try to post these earlier but my friends actually came over so i was like i've been working all day like my phone has been like in a corner basically i've been like not responding to people's texts you know when you like see someone's text and you're like i'm not gonna open it because i'm gonna forget to respond so i just like don't even open it my friends think i'm dead and like <laughs> they facetime me and as, as i was sitting down to record this episode and they, they facetime me and they're like katie we're outside we're getting ice cream you're coming with us you are working like you got to come with us because we think that you are either dead or just like working yourself into a hole so you need ice cream so we went to van lewin on mcdougall street if you guys are familiar with van lewin or with new york uh the most amazing ice cream ever and it was just what i needed and so obviously we went you know like around six and it's been like four hours of just talking they've been over at my apartment we had some wine and so one thing led to another and it's now 10 30 and i still haven't posted the episode because i'm just now sitting down i'm settled with my fuzzy blanket uh ready to record it for you guys and today's episode is actually interesting because i have zero plan basically i had all these ideas kind of swirling swimming in my brain and i was like i don't really know which one to settle on yet i don't feel like anything has been really you know fleshed out sometimes you know around like monday i get like a an idea and usually i flesh it out on like tuesday wednesday and that just like didn't happen this week so i thought that i would do a little q a style episode right answer and and whoa it was the red wine i swear answer (laughs) a ton of questions just like a bunch of random questions you guys had and i posted on my story that nothing was off limits so i'm not sure how deep we're gonna get how juicy we're gonna get but i just opened my instagram and i'm looking through a bunch of like the top line questions in the responses to my story and i can say already uh it's gonna be a pretty juicy episode because there's a lot of stuff that i do plan on you know answering it very truthfully and i i'm aware my mom listens to this podcast but i'm gonna try to forget that while i'm recording this one and maybe i'll shoot her a text and be like mom um maybe don't listen to this one because we're gonna get into some nitty-gritty stuff because my whole mantra on the internet it's been like this for years i've just always wanted to talk about the things that are hard to talk about or that people don't talk about because you know what as taboo as like you know hush hush as certain things are it's like they're not that way for a reason it's like people just like are embarrassed about things people don't want to talk about things whatever and you know I don't really care about uh what people think of me anymore because you know I, that time has come and gone in my life I used to care a lot now I just kind of I'm just rolling with the punches here as you guys know I'm you know the past year 2019 was a big year of just like letting things go letting go of past you know people I tried to be and whatever and right now I'm just I'm just being me I'm being me um and that means talking about things that maybe will paint me in a different light than what you are expecting of me I just love you know there's nothing better than showing people that you are a different person than what they thought you were you know and like not like you it's like a force and you have to do it and have to be like oh my god they didn't know you know who they were dealing with whatever but I just love being like oh guys you think that I'm this person but like truth behold or lo and behold I am I'm a whole lot more than you think I am so 
anyway, I digress. That was just like a weird little pump up moment that I had there, but I needed it. So, okay. Um, we're going to go through the questions and answer a bunch of them. And hopefully this feels kind of just like a girl time chat. My friends were just here, as I said, and you know, we were getting into stuff that I just feel like I wish that the, the, the camera was recording. I wish my podcast mic was on. Wouldn't that have been very funny? Um, because we were talking about stuff and I'm like, why does no one ever freaking talk about this? Or like, why, why does it always, why is it reserved for friend time behind closed doors and you know in doing so people don't really know what's going on with the rest of the world so here i am sitting in new york there's a bunch of cabs angry cabs outside i feel like thursday nights are like the night to go out on my street i don't understand it but you know i'm here for it so yeah i'm sitting in new york i'm answering these questions honestly and that's what's gonna happen okay so let's just dive on in i haven't really read or decided like I used to make like lists of things I wanted to answer I did not do this tonight I'm extremely unprepared so we're just gonna go as they come as I decide to answer okay so okay I'm not gonna say anyone's names just for like the sake of you know anonymity anonymity whatever that word is okay really starting things off heavy the first question slash statement I'm going to pick at a little bit is best sex advice so okay there's a lot of things i could say here but i think just top line probably the best thing that was ever told to me the thing that i've you know come to on my own just figuring things out is you're not going to get what you want out of sex if you're not going to be vocal about what you want and like okay I mean, I've always thought it's super sexy, like, just if the tables are turned situation with a guy, if he, not demandingly, but if he just kind of gives me some pointers on things that he likes. And I honestly think it's a kind of a sexy conversation to have if you're just, you know, kind of foreplaying, making out, doing whatever you do to foreplay, you know, on the couch, wherever you are, post-date or whatever, and are like, oh, so like what, like what do you like in bed? Like what, like just having an honest conversation, which can be really daunting to some people of being like, oh my God, like how do I even like start that? Guys definitely, I mean, okay, I'm speaking like in a heterosexual, like guy, girl relationship um, because that's all I really know. But of course, you know, things are probably similar in other relationships, but you know, just being super upfront and having that conversation of like okay what do you like and like even if it means trying something and being like do you like that or like oh you know what I mean because I think that there's so much that happens in the bedroom and the other person is like oh shit I just can't wait till this this certain thing they're doing is over because I don't like that like I've met certain guys that like certain things that other guys don't like and like similarly with me I'll notice some guys doing some things and I'm like what the heck are you doing get your hand out of there I don't like that you know I don't like when guys go anywhere near my butthole first and foremost I know we're really kicking things off seven minutes and we're talking about buttholes <laughs> spicing things up on thick and thin you know if it's going to be something that's going to happen a lot it's like you don't want to you know kick it off saying or like letting him do something and you're like I really don't like that and he's just gonna you know take that as like oh she likes it and keep doing it every time so the best sex advice I have is of course like communicating which I think everyone says but quite literally being like I like it when you do this the best thing that I've ever done is just like guiding his hand to certain places that I like you know because I think that guys as you know as hard as they try as many girlfriends as they they've had in their lives it's like hard for them to figure out exactly I mean 
not to mention everyone's pleasure centers are in different places because humans, you know, we're not all made the same. So, you know, it's, it's just important to help them out, kind of coach them through what gets you off, which is super important because I think, you know, during my early days of experimenting with sex and stuff, I was really focused on impressing the guy and I completely just disregarded the fact that, you know, part of sex is you know you enjoying yourself too as a a woman and like you orgasming too and I think I was honestly for a really long time this is like getting super honest here I was kind of scared of my orgasm (laughs) like I was like so because it's really all in your head if you really think about it and if you look into you know the the nature of what an orgasm is it's like a lot of it is mental and so when you are so focused on impressing the guy you, you the focus is taken off of you and for a while I I would you know have sexual encounters that I chalked up as being great sex when I didn't even orgasm and I find that to be kind of just sad thinking about it now because I'm so much more confident in myself now and I I don't know I've just grown up a lot and you know it took honestly me just kind of figuring out myself and what I like and that meant just having you know experiences with different people you know not like you know with a lot of people but like getting to the point where I figure out and even just personally like I bought a vibrator you know a few years back and I experimented with just like what certain places I like versus others and it's just really learning yourself and I think that honestly investing in a vibrator was the best thing I ever did for myself and just kind of reminding myself that it's a two-way street it's quite literally the most like intimate expression of either love or just lust or just energy and you should be experiencing pleasure too so getting a vibrator was key in that that actually improved my sex life so much because now I feel like after I hook up with someone I feel not only like like applaud myself for doing a good job there was times where I was like wow I was really good but like I got nothing out of it besides just like feeling like I did a good job, which is so, so fucked up. So now I feel like my sex life has really improved because of that and just the communication aspect and telling the guy, I don't, I don't say like, I don't like that. I just kind of guide his hand away, guide his, or just kind of train him out of whatever he did that I don't like. I mean, there's certain things, you know, guys watch a lot of porn. Girls watch porn too, sure, but like guys watch a lot of porn. And so they, they see things and they're like, yeah, this is like what the girl wants. And I'm like, no, honey, that is not what I want. So just guiding the hand, having a little bit of, co- of a conversation. If you don't feel comfortable having a full blown, let's talk, let's make a list of things we like. Like, you know, you can just do things like guide and just kind of coach him through it in other ways that aren't verbal or they can be verbal if you want. It really just depends on you. So those are some little sexy advice things. There's more I'm going to talk about in this, probably more questions related to this, but that's kind of like the preliminary sex advice from me, from yours truly. Okay, so next question I'm going to answer. Um, I'm kind of going to go all over the place, but I do want to answer one more kind of relationshipy question before I dive into other stuff. So how do you feel about meeting your significant other on an app? I was actually just talking about this the other night at dinner with a friend of mine who's in her, she's in her later 20s. She's a former coworker of mine and it was actually really great catching up with her and just having a coworker kind of relationship, although we're definitely deeper than that now. It's just, I do miss that in my current life, not having 
coworkers that I sit across from and next to that I just know their lives and I know their drama and stuff like that. So I do miss that. That's probably another question in this mix. But we were talking about dating apps and how she was she's currently dating someone that she met on a dating app. And I was talking about how I have had success on dating apps and such. And we were like, so is this going to be the new norm, especially in New York where, you know, you don't always I mean, yes, you meet a lot of people, but I still feel like it's pretty huge. The dating app culture is huge here and I'm sure it's huge in other places, but it's really huge here. I I just feel it so much bigger here than I felt when I lived in Maryland and such. So anyway, I think it's going to become a new norm and it's not going to be like a taboo thing. Like I remember seeing on some guys hinge profiles, guys saying like, we don't have to tell our kids how we met. Like we can tell them we met at a coffee shop. I'm like, okay, but I mean, who knows what our kids are going to have? They're probably going to have some like crazy technology that's like even bigger than what the founders of Tinder and all of them even expected dating apps to become. Like it's just something that's just so far out of our brain capacity right now. Like I don't even know what's going to evolve, you know, what it's going to evolve to be. So I think that right now, at least, like I really would not mind meeting my it'd be really great if I could meet my significant other on a dating app um, because I feel like meeting someone out or just in public is like a beautiful meet cute situation that's like very rom-com like but I feel like the the next wave of rom-coms is going to heavily revolve around dating apps because that's just how things have gotten I think and even in New York City like this really populated city with a bunch of you know young singles and whatnot a lot of people that don't want to settle down and that just meet out and you know drunk nights and whatever I still feel like I've met the most promising people on dating apps because they're in the right place they're in the place where it's kind of I mean yes some dating apps are known for being hookup apps and such or you kind of can figure out if a guy just wants a hookup or if he wants something real and he's not just and I think the the biggest telltale sign of this which isn't even like definitive but I think it's kind of it's like does he just you know hinge message you slash text you when you're out at night to come over or is he actually making plans with you is he like let's get dinner next week I think that's pretty telling that's a pretty big difference um but yeah I I wouldn't mind meeting my significant other on a dating app um I have met people out you know I, I kind of I like the idea of course I think it's more romantic to meet someone when I'm out and not expecting it and when I'm opening up an app I'm expecting to meet people you know but I just think that thinking realistic I'm not gonna write off dating apps there's people that I know that are like I will never get on dating apps and I'm like okay more for me (laughs) um so that's kind of my opinion on that okay there's so many sex questions you guys always say I talk about boys too much and whatever but uh you guys are asking me about it so I definitely want to talk about it and I just think it's such a need because no one ever talks about it because people get royally shit on when they talk about it so I I welcome the shit on me because I will talk about it someone asks or just says sex while you're single casual sex fuck buddies one night stands give us your opinions I think that it all comes down to you and your mental health is a big thing it's and also just your position with yourself relationship with yourself if you're going through a really rough time of course you know even a breakup or something like that you just want to throw yourself into as many you want attention and I that's a big problem for me I just like crave attention all the time and it's really shitty I wish I didn't I wish that just my friends and me and my tv shows and you guys was enough for me but it's just not okay so sometimes I go out and I'm like kind of feeling I'm like I just want attention and so 
yeah, I do it. I've had casual sex. I've had a lot more casual sex than non-casual sex. And I think that it's fine as long as you stay intact throughout it. And if you know that if you feel like you're losing yourself, if you feel like you're going on a crazy bender, if your friends are concerned about you, that's when you take a step back and say, is this healthy for me? Because obviously we know what we want. We want something serious, a lot of us. Some people don't. I do. I want something that is consistent and remotely serious, not like crazy serious, but just enough that I feel like they are putting in the same amount of effort that I am. And it just, it's just sad because especially in a big you know city where everyone's moving so fast and everyone has these crazy jobs and whatever in New York, it's like, it's hard to find that. And so... I just settle for things, which is bad, but it's just kind of a part of my story. You know, it's a, it's a part of me figuring out who the heck I am and what I want. And honestly, half of the very casual sex situations I've had have really taught me some insane things about myself, have inspired a lot of videos, a lot of podcasts, me being a creative person. As long as I feel like it's not hurting me or my art, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And of course, I need to kind of level set myself and think, okay, am I doing more harm than good in this situation to myself? But I think that because over the past few years, I've really developed such a good kind of understanding of myself. I've become very introspective. I think it's just spending so much time alone, living alone. I've really figured out what I need to do to keep myself sane. And so I, I think that... It's something you got to you can do but you got to know that like if it's destroying you you don't do it okay it's it's that simple and you just have to know those signs of if something's really bothering you if you get attached easily it's really probably not in your best interest to have a lot of casual sex because yeah i mean it's just it's not so that's kind of my opinion on that um okay let's answer some non-boy questions because i just i do i want to do that <laughs> so okay someone asked me do you miss working at L'Oreal? So it's been, I actually had to think about it the other day. It's been November, December, three months, almost three months to the day actually that I put in my, my three weeks. So a little under two, like two-ish and a half months. I'm so bad at math that I've been without a corporate job. And I, I miss, like, I just, you know, watched on Instagram, one of my former coworkers posted about this, this baby announcement. And like, I I do miss the, the coworkers. But you know, if you look at my old videos, my old podcast of me before I even got a job, I was talking about, or podcast started after I got the job, but my videos, I talked about how the main reason why I wanted a job, a corporate job, was because I wanted the teamwork, I wanted the community element. And so I don't technically have that as easy as I did before anymore. But the benefits of me being on my own just fully just blow out of the water the the negatives and just like what I was going through working a corporate job and so what I do now what I've been doing is just like finding creative ways to make my own community and make my own co-workers and I've actually successfully done it I've made so many new friends I didn't know in the city which people always say it's really hard to meet people in this you know meet people in post-grad and just making new friends I disagree because I've made so many and I I don't feel like I'm different. Yes, I have Instagram followers and YouTube followers and whatever. But I think what it really comes down to is just reaching out to people and asking to get a coffee. Or if you meet someone out 
anywhere, even in like the line of the bathroom bar or something. And if you really click with someone, even if it's just like a little thing and you're like, wow, this, this person seems cool. Swap numbers, get drinks. Getting drinks with someone is the easiest way or I mean, if you don't drink, but like getting coffee, I don't know, getting just something casual that isn't like a dinner or something that's kind of intimidating with a guy or just a friend or, you know, whatever. So just get drinks, get coffee, get their number, shoot them a text. I think for me, it's been easiest if they're similar to me in the sense that they are a freelancer. So they have time during the day. I'll, you know, meet up. I've met up in the past three weeks alone. I've met up with about five or six people I didn't know before that I just met. And I have follow-up plans with like almost all of those people to do other things. So a lot of them are graphic designers or influencers or just, you know, people that work within kind of the creative industry and just people that I'm super interested in getting to know because I love my close friends, the ones I've had since college so, so much, but it's kind of hard to obviously see them during the day because they work nine to five. And sometimes it's hard for me to fully relate to them because I think I'm the most kind of creative out there person in my friend group like very in touch with my emotions (laughs) not that they aren't but like I really you know what I am I'm like dramatic and so I feel like it's nice meeting other people that kind of understand that element of me and so that is kind of what I've been doing lately to combat my sadness of not having the community which definitely is what I miss most about working at L'Oreal truthfully I don't miss a ton other than that but it's also been three months so who's to say in a year I won't be like wanting my job back I don't know but so far that's how I'm feeling so taking a quick break in this episode to introduce the sponsor this episode is sponsored by Lola you guys know I'm obsessed with Lola I talk about them all the time and I'm just gonna talk about them one more time because I love them so very much and you guys need to get started with Lola basically it is a modern approach to feminine care it's a female founded company that offers a line of organic cotton tampons pads liners and all natural cleansing wipes I turn to them every month for my monthly tampons they also have sex products and other things basically the founders just figured that you know women should not have to compromise when it comes to feminine care products so basically all their products have just no bs no mystery fibers no doubts about exactly what is going into your body and the products come in a simple super customizable subscription so you get exactly what you want what you need when you need it and you don't have to worry or compromise at all some major brands for tampons pads etc use a mix of synthetic fibers in their products including rayon and polyester uh, which is kind of scary so luckily low has no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. They're 100% organic cotton, and they come with BPA-free plastic applicators or environmentally non-applicator tampons. So you feel good about what you're putting in your body, and you can just feel good about buying them because for every purchase, they donate feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. You just feel good about it. I just love Lola so much for so many reasons. And of course, we have a special little deal for you guys. So for 30% off of your first month subscription, visit MyLola, that's M is in mango, Y L O L A dot com, and enter my code Hello Katie thirty. That's Hello K A T Y thirty when you subscribe, and you can get thirty percent off of your first month subscription. So it's a no brainer. Definitely give it a go. You'll love them as much as I do, I'm sure. And that is it for this little sponsored segment. Thank you, Lola, for sponsoring another episode. I appreciate you guys a lot. And let's get on with the episode. Okay, next question. Would you ever get any tattoos? So people ask me this actually quite a few times, um, like a day. People ask me this a lot because, of course, I design tattoos. So people are always wondering if I'll get one, if I'll design my own, that sort of thing. And I guess the short answer to that is 
no not that I wouldn't ever get one but probably not for the next like 10 years like which sounds drastic but I just I am such an indecisive person by nature I just really can't commit to things and I would just it would really make me very upset if I got one and I wasn't fully obsessed with it and it would just really dry like I can't deal with that sort of just commitment I guess which I'm pretty good at committing to like certain things but tattoos and like even a hair color sometimes I've gotten really emotional after a haircut because I just don't like how it turned out and so I just yeah I can't right now I think something beautiful that I might get down the road is my kids names when I have kids someday hopefully Um, my aunt actually has the names of her sons and her daughter or she just had her daughter so I think she's getting her daughter's name soon but she has her son's names written in this beautiful calligraphy script on different parts of her forearms um, and her wrists so I think that's beautiful and it's like such a lasting memory and it's something very personal that she'll never regret getting obviously because she hopefully doesn't regret having her kids so yeah I think that's beautiful um, and maybe I'll do that someday but not for a little while I don't think um Okay, another little juicy dating question. Um, Someone asks, why are guys afraid to be vulnerable? And uh, obviously, it's like a generalization type question. Like, why are many guys afraid to be vulnerable? There's certainly guys that are not afraid, um, but they're never my type for whatever reason, which sucks because I always end up having guys in my life where I'm just like trying to get details out of them about like their trauma and their lives. And I'm so like that I just need to know everything about people. And yeah, that's definitely just something about me but why are guys afraid to be vulnerable why are some guys afraid to be vulnerable I think the reason why I don't even think it's like they're maybe they're afraid sure but I think that the the thing is guys they don't have to be (laughs) not that we have to be either but guys like okay this has been my answer to a lot of different questions I've had with my friends recently it's like okay why aren't why isn't he calling me why isn't he giving me attention why is he ghosting me you know, guys aren't vulnerable because they don't have to be because we are still obsessed with them. We're still wanting them back. We're still going on dates with them when they give us the bare minimum. And so they feel like, oh, well, I don't have to put in the extra emotional work of being vulnerable with this person, or I can just be fake vulnerable. I can tell them the things that I want them to know, and that's it because they're still going to sleep with me anyway. They're still, you know what I mean? So until we kind of challenge them and say, you know what, I don't think, like, I need you to open up or I'm not going to be here. And if they, of course, you know, if they don't get it from you, they might get it from someone else. And that's fine. That's telling. And it's going to suck. It's going to hurt. But that's when you move on. Because if they are not putting in as much as you're putting in, in terms of being open, being honest, telling you, I mean, of course, there's certain things people don't want to share because they don't want to share them and they shouldn't have to until they're super comfortable and that's perfectly fine but I'm talking about just normal details that people should know about other people like I've had certain friends that have gone on dates or even dated people that are super tight-lipped about certain parts of them that makes it super hard for my friends to trust them and I even had a friend I'm trying not to like get too deep in my friend's business of course but I had a friend that one of these guys she was seeing just would never tell her where he was going ever and not like she was a crazy stalker and like needed but he would just never even tell her like she'd be like oh like what are you up to and he would be super vague about it and it's like okay (laughs) 
okay like I mean of course your mind's gonna jump to the worst things and we just need some reassurance that you're not going hook up with stuff you know what I mean so and of course he was still she was still into him still going on dates with him whatever so he didn't feel like he needed to give her anything more because she wasn't demanding it in a way you know so I think that that's kind of the answer to that it's like they're not because they don't have to be because they get away with not being vulnerable and for whatever reason I mean I'm just a freaking open book I just you know spew every detail of my life I meet a guy and he knows my life story from back to front upside down and (laughs) yeah that's just me though so some people are not like that but kind of going off of that though I also feel like it's kind of a telltale thing I went on this obviously you guys know about the guy that ghosted me we did a whole episode on that Um, I also didn't tell you guys that I saw him oh my god I should have started with this whatever if you guys are still here you're the real ones and you get to know this this detail I actually went to the bar that we went on one of our dates at that I took him to by the way so I told him about it my friends and I went to this bar the other night it was kind of like a more casual it was like a Saturday night so it wasn't as crazy or was it a Sunday I don't even know what day it was um went to this place and I saw him there um making out with some other girl in front of me and I didn't realize it was him from the back um because we were drinking and whatever and then he like kind of slightly turned and I was like oh shoot that is him I feel like my stomach is in the in the basement of this bar right now because I am so just it I was overcome with emotion over this situation of just seeing him especially with a girl and it just all kind of clicked in my mind that maybe there was a reason he was ghosting me because he was hooking up with other people who knows how many other people I don't even know and of course I did the logical thing that anyone would do I sprinted out of the bar my friends had to like run after me they're like what what happened and yeah it was pretty shitty shitty thing and I uh, came home and I journaled all about it so now it's locked into my journal forever and my future kids that get my journal are gonna be like who is this jerk let's look him up but honestly who knows he'll probably be bald by them then or something so but yeah what was I gonna say oh I was gonna say I don't even remember what I was saying but that was kind of more important so okay we're gonna close that topic basically guys are not gonna be what you want or be enough for you in the sense that they open up unless you kind of demand it in a way okay another question i'm going to answer is anyone in your family creative like you i actually get this question a lot because some of you guys have been watching me for a while and kind of know a little bit about my parents and my sister and stuff like that Um, but if you're new here i'll tell you guys my mom is actually an elementary school nurse and she uh, you know when i was younger she worked in the hospital she was like an er nurse and she's a registered nurse and now she works in an elementary school she works at two elementary schools she's kind of in charge of like the school nursing program and my dad works in IT recruiting so he does recruiting for tech companies excuse you Mr. Taxi Man and my sister is actually super creative as well she dabbles in some art stuff she likes playing like ukulele she actually designs like all the banners for her sorority so we're both super creative I think my parents have like little creative pieces to them my mom's like stylish and she um I think she kept like a journal in her day and like there were certain little things my dad actually was the one that introduced me to you know the computer and the computer and you know introduced me to how to make certain like he didn't teach me how to make a video per se but he kind of gave me the tools to figure it out on my own and I really just guys I don't really know where my sister and I especially me got this like very strange creative urge um I feel like it must 
I, I really don't know. I think it was just, you know, being raised in a home where I felt like I could do anything, which just comes down to being parented well. I feel like my parents really, of course, I grew up with, I was very privileged, of course, not like super privileged, but I was priv- more privileged than, you know, I was privileged, okay? I don't know how else to say it. I, we were a middle class, still are a middle class family, and I grew up in an area where it was, there was a lot of pressure to succeed, but also I felt like, I had enough support at home that I felt like I could dabble. My mom would take me to the to the art store and I, I dabbled in all sorts of things. I was like knitting for a little bit. I was doing, you know, I, I didn't have pushback at home, which I think is a big reason as to why I have become this creative person that I am today because I felt like I, I could do it. I had the means to do it. And my parents even, they inspired me to make my own money too like I I started working at Rita's Italian Ice that was my first job Um, basically like an Italian Ice ice cream type shop I worked there when I was 15 because they were the one place in town that hired people under the age of 16 because I remember there was a certain like law I'm not sure if it's still in place in Maryland where you like can't hire people till they're 16 but I wanted to make my own money and my parents didn't like give me an allowance or anything they would just occasionally buy me the things that I really really wanted I even made a PowerPoint presentation as to why I needed a MacBook early early YouTube you know days when everyone was filming those like uh what are those like photo booth the photo booth videos or just filming things on their their iMac their MacBook can I even speak like the MacBook little camera and posting straight to YouTube I remember those days and I was like begging my parents for one of those computers and I didn't get one (laughs) after that full presentation it took like a solid year two years I I was using a Sony Vio for a long time to make my videos Um, but what was I saying oh I got a job at Rita's Italian Ice because I wanted to save up for different video equipment stuff and you know Things led to where I am now, which is great. But to kind of answer the question, I guess not like outwardly creative. I don't have like an artist in the family per se, but I was always super just supported in my arts at home. And I think that definitely relates to who I am today, which is really great. So thank you, mom and dad. Um, Okay, so another dating question, just sprinkling these in throughout the video. What does it mean to you when a guy says he's not good enough for you slash you're too good for him? Okay, this, so I can only take this one way, just in personal experience of hearing this myself. I think that's usually what people say when, girls can say it to guys too, when they don't want to be what you deserve. They can be that, but they just don't want to have to put in that much effort. It sucks. It's, It's basically the guy saying that, like, oh, you're too good for me. It's kind of like, a way of saying like it's his way out basically he doesn't want to commit to you and maybe he does know deep down that that is what you deserve but he's like okay that's what she deserves but like that's not what I want to give to her because I want to be free and I want to be able to if I want to hook up with someone else that's the thing guys are always like I want to have the option to hook up with other people but like they don't know that like that's either not going to happen for them or like you know they just they want the option they don't want all their options closed off and by really committing and giving you quote quote unquote what you deserve they feel like that's what's going to happen and so they think like oh maybe I'm not right for you because I don't want to commit to just you maybe some other guy will do that someday and like that's what I'm saying by that and it makes them feel 
like they're being a good guy. And I hope that some people say this and they mean it, but for the most part of when I've heard it or I've heard other people, like when my friends say that he says like, oh, it's not you, it's me, like you deserve better. That's like just a telltale sign of like, that's fucked up, you know, Um, for me at least. I'm sure people can interpret that differently, but that's kind of just, you know, from there you're just like, okay, great, you're right. I do deserve someone better. I am too good for you. Bye-bye. Okay, another question. This one's about Lyme disease, which I actually plan on doing a full kind of video update on my Lyme disease and stuff because I do hardly really talk about it, Um, but I do plan on talking about it more, so thank you for asking this question. Um, She asks, any advice for working with chronic Lyme. It's such a struggle. I fully feel you. (laughs) It's really hard during the winter. Um, I remember my doctor saying that Lyme is worse in the winter. I think I've even touched on this in a podcast before, but it's definitely hard. It's just, it's hard, especially sitting in a certain position on your computer all day and just the nature of especially what I do. It's just like a lot of computer work and I feel like that really exhausts me slash you know, for you guys that don't know, it's there's certain chronic Lyme symptoms that, you know, some affect people, some pe- some affect people differently or don't affect people at all. And it's like really just person to person basis. I'm actually going to see a specialist pretty soon to kind of remedy my symptoms. I randomly will just get super sore when I haven't worked out. Like it's not from a workout. It's like a different kind of sore. It's almost like a growing pains sore. It's very strange. It's like when you're a kid and you used to have the, the horrible like growing pains of when you were actually growing, that's how it kind of feels for me. And it's in certain like my joints and I get kind of swollen in my joints. And also I just get super exhausted and it's like, I get plenty of sleep guys. Like I, as a freelancer, I can kind of figure out how many hours of sleep I should get. And it's like kind of easier for me to figure that out. I get at least eight hours a night. I get super exhausted sometimes just like even like in the like not even the middle of the day like the slump it's like just like at random I'll just get it's not even like a it's it's like a physical exhaustion sort of thing and I get like you know shooting back pains certain back feelings that aren't right and so it's definitely tricky I know there's certain things that I should be doing to alleviate that and I'm working on with my specialist like figuring out what those things are I know I can do like acupuncture or something and like there's certain things I can do but for right now I just I try not to push myself and I try to remind myself that I'm not being dramatic that this is like an actual disease that I have and I need to take it easy sometimes and like I think it's a lot easier now that I am my own boss so I can work in times where I'm just kind of relaxing or just I get massages sometimes and just things like that so it's tough I feel you it sucks and it's one of those things where people say you're being dramatic it's like one of those diseases people laugh at sometimes like the Hadids have it and everyone laughs at them sometimes or I don't think anymore but there was a time where Lyme disease wasn't considered an actual disease so it it actually still I don't think is considered an actual disease in in some parts of Europe so yeah it's it's tricky but I'm learning to deal with it and I'm actually meeting other people in the city that have it which is super helpful to figure out what they do and stuff like that so yeah that's that's all about Lyme so far okay next question favorite Netflix shows and she said please tell me you finished Gilmore Girls so I've actually seen Gilmore Girls a bunch of times like I just rewatch episodes same thing with Sex and the City I love Sex and the City as you guys know I've rewatched that like so many times I get mad that I've like seen the show because I wish I could see it through someone's eyes that hasn't seen it yet does that make sense I get like really jealous of people that say they've never seen 
like Sex and the City or Gilmore Girls because they don't know what happens and I just like sometimes hate watching things I know what happens I'm like no I'm like screaming at the TV like no we know how this ends like whatever so those two shows I'm like a long time watcher of and I'll watch whenever I'm bored um same with Friends I've seen all those too but my most recent shows I've been really into Schitt's Creek oh my gosh you guys have been telling me to watch this for a while and I was like oh it just doesn't like sound like me like a, a comedy style thing like I'm not usually into comedies I'm more of like a drama slash just like I guess friends is kind of a comedy but like I'm just not typically into the the kind of narrative that Schitt's Creek is and I'm kind of just I, I actually am so sad because I just got to the last episode on Netflix and I hear there's a way you can like bootleg the new season but I haven't figured it out yet apparently they're on their last season which I'm really heartbroken about like I don't know what I'm gonna do when I'm out of episodes probably the same thing I've been doing after like when Grey's is on a break so I do love Grey's Anatomy as well I've been watching that for a really long time like my I, I watched that with like my babysitter you know and so I love that too but there's certain moments where I just like can't stomach a a doctor show <laughs> so I also watched um the the resident was really good too I think that's also on a break but I liked that one too it's kind of similar to Grey's but a little bit of a different spin on things um so I like that one too what else am I watching right now you season two guys I couldn't get through it I'm still not done and my friends think I'm crazy that they thought it was the best season like better than season one and I I you know I can see where people are coming from with that I think the issue is I waited too long and so I've been seeing all these memes kind of about how it ends so I feel like I just like don't even feel like watching anymore because I already know what happens kind of without knowing and so I just I can't finish it so I, I still need to finish that show but honestly I'm not like super excited about any other shows oh what was that show called? Oh, Sex Education. Okay, Sex Education is a really good show too. It's like a British show, um, also on Netflix. I just binged season two, so I liked that show as well. But now I'm kind of like at a weird point where I don't know what to watch. So you guys need to DM me if you're listening this far in the episode and let me know what to watch because I'm in a weird spot where I don't know what to watch. Um, so help me out. But yeah, okay, so those are kind of my Netflix shows I've been watching. I also just love watching documentaries on Hulu, and I also have Amazon Prime, which helps me find, like, other things that aren't on the other two. So, yeah, I like documentaries. Um, that's really it. That's all I watch. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do one more question because we're at the point where I'm getting sleepy. I need to go to bed. I have a meditation tomorrow morning at 8.30. It's really early. Um, okay, baby names you love that's a good one so I always like think of names and then I forget them like as quickly as I've remembered them you know or, or heard them I'm like forgetting them so I tonight we are actually talking about baby names in my apartment with my friends and the one that I just like didn't even realize I loved this name until it was said and I'm like okay I'm stealing that Sebastian for a boy I, I feel like I'm gonna have a girl first but like I'm not really sure so Sebastian for a boy and they'd call him they we me maybe not me but like his friends would call him seb i love that like sebastian and seb for sure i i just love that so much it would depend on like the last name and the middle name and whatever but i also love so for that's for a guy so for a girl i love anything with like do you know that like elizabeth james perfume um by like the olsen twins it, am i saying it right i think that's what they called it i love the middle name james and i'd love to do like either elizabeth or like eliza i love the name eliza and call her liza or something i just love the name eliza so i think the two right now i'm at is 
like Eliza, short for Elizabeth, like Elizabeth, short for Eliza, or something like that, or Sebastian Seb. Those are my two names I think I have in my brain, but like I'm definitely going to forget them. And when it comes time for me to actually have a baby, I don't know what I'm going to name it. Probably like peaches or something. I'm just kidding. I don't know if I'd name my baby after food, but I've been seeing a lot of crazy stuff these days. So who knows by then? It'll be like 2070 by then. Just kidding. (laughs) That would be really terrifying. Okay. So guys, that is it for this episode of Thick and Thin. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. I'm actually officially delirious now, so I need to go because things are going to get weird if I keep talking. So that is it for this juicy Q&A. If you guys want me to do more Q&As, just let me know in the DMs that that's what you like hearing because I think it's kind of fun to just take a break from my normal routine of talking about like one subject and then like stories and stuff I think just like a lot of different stuff is always interesting so yeah I hope you guys liked it and I will talk to you guys all next Thursday and I'm gonna post earlier I swear I promise okay bye bye